but yeah, it took a lot of, um, I don't want to say I had to hit a rock bottom. I don't think there really is such a thing as a rock bottom that I think everybody who goes down a self-destructive path kind of has to find their own, I'm done with this moment. This podcast is all about shining light on the real struggles and joys of life. We will have real experiences, real people, and real stories in the hopes that they motivate you and help you in your own journey. This is the One World Countless Stories podcast with Selena Novello. Today I have Molly Mendelberg and we are going to talk about her journey. I'm very excited to get to know you a little bit more because we actually met at a fempreneur thing. We're both entrepreneurs and so we met through that, but I'm really excited to get to know you a little bit better. So tell us a little bit about you and introduce yourself. Yeah, so my name is Molly Mandelberg. I run a business called Wild Hearts Rise Up, and I work mostly with coaches and healers, holistic practitioners, people who trade in wisdom and guidance and are great at what they do, but they usually suck at talking about what they do, and they usually don't like technology and marketing and broadcasting their message. So I help them craft their deep work into inspiring content and hot copy and use technology to make it as easy as possible to run their businesses and also master their mindset and bring forth their inner magic so they can reach more people and make more money with less time spent. Wow. I love that. The work that you do is so phenomenal. And I can't wait to dive into that a little bit more. But let's get started with your childhood. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and how it has affected who you are today? Yeah. um, I mean, one of the great things, I think a couple really great things that I'm grateful for about my childhood. One is that my mom loved to travel and she took us traveling when I was very young. Um, And I think uh, I didn't mention when you asked me to myself, but I've been nomadic for 15 years. I've been living in a van doing the van life digital nomad thing for the last five years. And uh, I think that my propensity and capacity to travel and feel so confident in going all over the world by myself was definitely started from a young age. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, another aspect of my childhood was um, I was raised believing in pretty far out spirit spiritual stuff. My mom used to channel the Akashic record and, uh, you know, work with astrologers and psychics and things like that. So I grew up with kind of a, a very grand scope of the world that we live in and that we're here for a reason and that um, we are the creators of our reality and we can do anything we set our mind to and desire to create. Um, my mom was a writer and a very successful writer. She still is. And I think watching her have a creative life and seeing that you don't have to go the corporate route or the desk job route or the standard um, American dream kind of route was really uh, expansive for me to see that that's not just a way that you can live your life, but that you can thrive that way. And I think as I finished college and realized I really didn't want to have some dead-end job that I wasn't passionate about. And I sort of said, you know what? I'm not going to do any of that right now. I'm going to go travel and figure out who I want to be and try and find my path that way that I had full permission from both my parents of like, yeah, go, go figure it out, go live your dream, whatever that looks like. And was never told to, you know, be a doctor or be a lawyer or like figure something rational or logical out. And it turned out that I could be successful making up my own dream job and helping people in really deep and profound ways 
And that I don't think I would have found that if I had been pushed or forced down some certain direction or, you know, judged for making the choices that I made. Um, So I'm really grateful that I had that support and that cosmic awareness that I was given kind of from both of my parents. And um, I went through a lot. My mom had kind of a evil husband for most of my childhood. So there was definitely a lot of um, trauma and abuse that I, I had to recover from that I spent a lot of years escaping, which is probably my early years of traveling were really just escaping um, relationship and community and being witnessed. And I did a lot of deep healing work and transformational uh, workshops and experiences and a lot of heavy lifting to move through that stuff energetically and kind of heal from those stories so mm-hmm. that I could, um, yeah, so I, I became who I am now, which is a lot more connected, a lot more grounded in who I am and why I'm here and that I deserve to have, you know, life and re- relationships that I desire. Um, but yeah, I think there was a lot of beauty and magic in how I grew up. And also there was a lot of amazing lessons that I had to learn to move through to become who I am now. I actually wrote a book about a lot of those stories of who I used to be and how I transformed that to become who I am now. Awesome. And what's the book called? It's called Wild Hearts Rise Up. Awesome. Perfect. So if you want to get that book, you should go ahead and do it. I'm going to put it in the episode notes below. Um, But I'm really, really curious, like you have talked so much about, you know, living a little bit more freely than the average person would for sure. Because a lot of the time society and the way that we grow up and our parents are very much so pushing us down one direction and saying like, this is the way to go. You need to go graduate high school and go to uh, university, college, whatever it is. And you had the opportunity to be like, I'm not going to go this corporate way. I'm going to travel. And you chose to do that for yourself, which is so amazing. But before we kind of get into all of that and the van life and all those things, can you bring us through some of the things that you had to do to deal with your childhood trauma and like heal that side of you? Because you said that um, it was very intense at times, I'm sure. Um, and you you disconnected and you were running away and you were avoiding things and avoiding people. So can you kind of bring us through that journey and what it was like for you? Yeah. So I, uh, I did go to university yeah. <laughs> and I followed through with that. But as soon as I left home and went to college, I was already ready to escape. Um, I was already like becoming a very heavy drinker and mm-hmm. partying more than I was, you know, you know, making it to class. I got a degree. <laughs> but what but, was your uh, it was in art. I was an architecture student for two years and then I shifted it to art because I didn't want my creativity to be based on commission. Right. Um, but yeah, I definitely use my degree in art in plenty of different ways now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it took a lot of, um, I don't want to say I had to hit a rock bottom. I don't think there really is such a thing as a rock bottom that I think everybody who goes down a self-destructive path kind of has to find their own. I'm done with this moment. Like Mm -hmm. that's enough. I'm choosing to change now. And I had a series of those um, in different aspects of my life that led me to just recognizing that I, I'm capable of more. I'm, I'm capable of greater. I'm willing to start seeing my own journey as one that has value and that I deserve to be happy. When I was growing up, I had a lot of depression. I had a lot of, um, yeah, anger and wasn't 
uh, processing a lot of the things that I had gone through between like six and 14 when that man was in our lives. Um, and it was really, I mean, whenever I interview people on my podcast, we talk about how meandering the path is to leadership or to entrepreneurship. And it was, it was like a series of really miraculous events that led me to attending a workshop in New York at the Omega Institute with Dr. Brian Weiss, who's an expert on past life regression therapy. And through this like miraculous series of events, I got off a wait list. I got big tips at the restaurant I was working at. It all sort of synchronistically came to, I could fly from California over to New York for this week long event. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting in this room learning about um, this healing modality and uh, realized that, you know, I can help people. And, and this kind of tool and this kind of modality is helping me already. I could already start feeling shifts in, um, in who I was being and how I saw myself in the sort of stories that we carry along with us as if they're true. And we keep creating our realities from those blueprints that those were starting to unravel and unpack. And I came back to California from that week-long experience and immediately signed up for a hypnotherapy certification training. And so I started using hypnosis on myself. I started receiving a lot of hypnosis because I was in that training with other people who were practicing on me. Mm -hmm. And that started this sort of cascading series of events. I started drinking less because the boyfriend I was with at the time had a severe reaction to alcohol and it was like just not worth drinking around him. So the the things that were suppressing me started to shift and change and not be as appealing anymore. And things that were inspiring me started to like grow and expand and become greater of importance in my life. Mm-hmm. And all of that just kept sort of exponentializing and expanding. And I got really... Um, I've always been into personal growth. I've always, even when I was traveling and uh, drinking all the time and kind of being a party animal, I was still reading nonfiction and looking at, you know, how I see the world and what else is possible. Um, But that was the moment when I started that hypnotherapy certification and I finished it and then accidentally started my business that I suddenly had this vision that was greater than my fear of what if I can't, what if I shouldn't, what if I'm not good enough? That suddenly I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to see if I could be this kind of entrepreneur and have my own career of like serving others that I was suddenly lit up and inspired. And as you do that, um, you're an entrepreneur. So probably some people are listening who are entrepreneurs as well. When you're going out into the world saying, I can help you with something, that's a really bold claim to make. And as you do that and you say, you know what, you can pay me for that thing. A lot of your internal programming of your worthiness, of your abilities, of your just self-confidence in general is going to come up and it's going to come up really loud. But the beauty of that is as it comes up, you have the opportunity to face it and look at it and choose if you want to transform it now. So when I started my business the first few years, and who am I kidding? I'm still very much on the journey of growing and evolving uh, the first few years were very heavy lifting of going to workshops, you know, having breakthroughs, addressing those parts of myself that needed attention to heal. And um, I'm a radically different person than I was eight years ago when I started my business. Yeah. Wow. That's it's it's amazing to hear your journey and how you have 
really made the choice to better yourself. And it just really shows how powerful the mind can be. Like, it's honestly such a beautiful story. I'm wondering what you would tell your younger self at that beginning stage or somebody who is, you know, in that, like, again, not rock bottom, but in that area where they, they're, they're feeling a certain way. What advice would you give them where they're very much so in that state of mind of self-doubt and telling them being, being a victim almost as well in all of their circumstances? Like, what would you tell that person now? Uh, So many things. First off, give up comparing yourself to other people because your journey is so different than anyone else's is or ever will be. So stop comparing as if it's apples to apples when it's apples to like dragon fruit. Mm -hmm. Like there is no comparison between you and another person because your journey is so unique. That's the first thing I would say. The second I would say is be gentle with yourself. Be gentle because the the direction you're moving, whether it looks like you're taking a step forward or a step back or you're just stagnant and not moving, you are always becoming who you're meant to become. And you're always moving forward, whether it looks like stagnation or reversal or not. And to trust that is to totally like give up the fight and surrender And once you give up the fight and surrender, you have more of your awareness. You have less of the fight means that you can see and perceive and be aware of even more. So Mm -hmm. be gentle with yourself. Surrender to knowing that you're becoming who you are meant to become. And then be aware of what's showing up. If something feels crunchy, if something feels like it's triggering you, if something feels off, that's where your attention should be. What is this? What is this? coming up to serve me. If if we live in a friendly universe, which I really believe that we do, everything is happening for you and never against you. So if something is showing up and it feels off, that's part of your lesson. That's part of what you are here to address and learn. And when you're willing to be in that space of curiosity, when you're willing to look at that crunchiness and say, what's in this for me? What do I, what is, what's it, what do I need to change or rearrange or be willing to acknowledge now that will make me feel better, that will make this kind of situation maybe happen less in my life, or that will make me see it in such a different way that it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I I think those are absolutely great pieces, especially with being gentle with yourself. Because we, we, I mean, for me too, I've been in the personal growth um, kind of world for a very long time. And it's easy to get in that loop where you feel like you're like a constant work in progress and that, you know, you're not good enough the way you are right now. So get to that point where you're good enough. Um, but what I've learned through it all too, and what you're saying is that when you have grace and you get curious, there's a different, there's almost like a different element where you're, you're giving space for yourself to just be, And it's like this beautiful journey that everyone will go on at their own timeline. Like you said, again, the comparison thing is so huge. And I think it's still crazy how much we do compare. And now with social media on our hands, uh, for certain people, there's like a different layer of comparison than there was like 20, 30 years ago, because now we have access to everyone's life with what they're willing to share. And it's like, you can get in that constant loop of comparison. So I really appreciate you bringing up those different elements because I do really believe like they're so important. And and it's a good reminder too, to be like, it's okay to be where you are, but stay curious and 
do the work and good things will happen. And for me in my life, it's been this like journey of like, how is the universe serving me? Because the universe is not out here to like hurt me. It's wanting to help me. And, and if I don't get what I want, I'm going to get a lesson of that will take me to the next step of where I need to go, which is exactly what you were saying. So I think it's just beautiful. So I wanted to just thank you for opening up and getting so vulnerable because I really believe this is going to help people and be a little reminder to people that, you know, healing is not easy, but when you feel something, address it and kind of just stay curious with it. I think it's such a thing. I want to add one more thing to that too, which is the practice of acknowledging yourself. So there's, like you said, we can get in this loop of like, there's always more work to do. I'm a work in progress. And like, there's, you know, I want to be better. I want to heal more. I want to like create greater. There's this life hack, which is so simple, which is learning to become your own best hype man or hype woman or hype person. Yeah. And the, the road to burnout is like way too well paved. Like it's really easy to run ourselves ragged thinking, do more, do more, do more, or heal more, heal more, or, you know, make more happen or try better. And we get in, we can easily get into the, the sort of status quo collective consciousness loop of it's never enough. And that hustle and grind mentality and the antidote to it is acknowledgement, acknowledging yourself every step of the way. If you can create some sort of a practice or a habit or you can scribble down in your journal every day what you're accomplishing, what you're doing well, how you're showing up in ways that do feel good to you, that actually are proof of your progress, that are proof of your growth, that it becomes this internal feedback loop that you're more likely to look at yourself that way to acknowledge yourself as you're doing that and that grows your potency and it also neural like programming the pathways in your brain start becoming more accustomed to thinking that way to acknowledging yourself and that is like night and day difference for everything you're going to face moving forward in your life it keeps you from uh you know making yourself wrong if you don't hit a certain target it allows you to have so much more permission and like self-compassion if something shows up and um it it's just like the best thing you can possibly do for yourself it's similar to a gratitude list but it's like a self-appreciation list totally and i think like a lot of growing up we just naturally go into this like mindset of like hating ourselves. I know that's for me, like there's been so much in my life where I just have hated myself, but I very quickly realized that like the most important relationship I have is the one with myself because I'm the only one that's always going to be with me. Like it's, it's that simple. And so I love what you're saying with like, be your own hype man, because it's so true. Like nobody else is going to do it. So you have to be there and be cheering yourself on and being that, almost being that rock that your like younger self needed. It's really yeah. like interesting as I get older and like I'm I work with a therapist and I'm talking about like my younger self. It it becomes very interesting to like talk about like my adult self, who I'm becoming because of my younger self needed who I was, who I'm becoming. And it's like this whole beautiful thing, but I really don't feel like it's talked about enough still where it's like there's almost this like shame around it. I don't know if you feel this way, but there was like, for me, there's like this shame around, you know, believing in myself, loving myself, um, you know, really truly accepting who I am and being me because that's who I'm here to be is me. But I don't know if you can talk a little bit about if you experience any of that, like 
that stigma around it where it's like, this kind of feels wrong to love myself and be my own hype woman. Well, this society is so well programmed to make us hate ourselves. And that's very like specifically designed because our society profits off us hating ourselves. The health and beauty industry is billions and billions and billions of dollars every year because people are willing to judge themselves into needing that product. And so with with a society designed that way, to be someone who just loves themselves, who thinks they're beautiful, who recognizes how powerful they are, who shows up in the world from that grounded place, it doesn't have to be arrogant, but this society makes us think that that's arrogance. And it it is absolutely audacious. Yeah, It's bold as fuck, excuse yeah. my language. And it is an invitation to anyone who witnesses you standing in that it's an invitation for them to choose that for themselves. And so, yeah, of course, we feel like, ooh, I'm going to be too much if I just love myself. But you don't have to rub it in people's faces, right. even if you're broadcasting a message of, hey, it's okay to love you. I love me. Mm-hmm. It feels good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think the more examples we can have of that from leaders like you, um, from leaders like me, from leaders like you know, the powerful, amazing people that I get to work with and that you probably work with too, the more we can give examples of that. And I think we're seeing more and more of it as we go along, especially with, you know, the younger generations who are sort of saying, fuck you to the status quo. Hope I can swear on your show. Yeah, it's all good. (laughs) Um, That it's an invitation to others to say, you know what, I'm done hating myself. I'm done being convinced that I have no value or that I'm worthless or that I I don't deserve better. And that invitation, whether it triggers someone or whether they're like, hell yeah, go you, Mm -hmm. both of those reactions are them receiving that as the invitation, as the message, as, as the example of what's possible. Yeah. You you got it right there with, and, and being a leader too, it's like, it's so fascinating because I believe when you do something, it's giving other people permission. And I feel like that's what a leader is, is when you get vulnerable and when you open up and when you love yourself, like what we're talking about right now, it does give permission to other people to be like, well, maybe I can, I could just be myself. Sorry, my dog just coughed up. Maybe I can be myself and maybe I can be who I was born to be. And I I love that quality of being a leader where sometimes it's really hard to take that first step and, and put your hand up and say, I'm struggling or put your hand up and say, I actually love who I am. Um, but it's all about being that leader and taking the first leap and, and showing other people that it's okay to feel like you can love yourself. Yeah, it is okay. And it's okay if you don't fully yet, you're still capable of being a leader. It's not a prerequisite to showing up and doing great work in the world. But as you do that, it's also really amazing to be uh, in a position of leadership or showing up in the world like you can help people and sharing your magic and do whatever the fuck it takes to overcome those voices saying you can't or you shouldn't recognize that those voices never belong to you and that they were sort of implanted into you by the media and by other people. Um, yeah. And and see what's possible when you do whatever work is required to heal that voice saying you aren't good enough or you shouldn't care for yourself. 
I love what you're saying because there's totally this piece of like this story that we've told ourselves for so long. And sometimes the voices inside of our head are not even our own. And I feel like you just touched on that a little bit where it's like really staying curious. And when you have a thought being like, where, where did that come from? So do you want to dive into a little bit about like the story we tell ourselves and how that really impacts who we are and who we become? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I was really, really deep into that when I started my business because of the hypnotherapy work, but the subconscious mind is like absorbing information all the time. And especially when we're really young, that we don't have a lot of points of view about reality. And so we're picking them up from whoever's around us. It could be your kindergarten teacher. It could be your parents. It could be, you know, whatever you're watching on TV, you're just absorbing truths about reality and sort of they get stuck in there and become your base point of what life is like and how we operate and what it means to be a person in a body. And without going and looking at that subconscious programming stuff, it just stays in there and we kind of live our lives from that point for the rest of our lives until we decide to say, hey, what the hell is that? Like you said, where did that come from? And even as, you know, adults now, we are such empathic creatures. Like, I don't care if you consider yourself an empath or not. I don't love using that word about myself, but we are sensitive beings. We are picking up on energies all around us all the time. It is very possible. And this is math. If you look at the heart math, the magnetic field around your body, like this, there's science behind this. If you sit down next to a person who's having a shit day, you can sense it. You don't have to talk to them. You don't even have to see their face. You can feel that they're having a moment. And if you sit sit down next to someone who's just blissing out so happy, like elated, you can sense it. You can feel it. You are picking up on the energies around you all the time. So to acknowledge that, if something is up for you, there's a really high likelihood that it actually isn't your energy at all, that you're actually just picking up on someone else's energy. And you can just ask, this is an access consciousness question. Access consciousness is a whole school of thought that I'm super geeked out on. Um, Who does this belong to? And then you just say, return to sender with consciousness attached. And it's basically saying, hey, whatever this energy is that I'm aware of, like I am not taking it on as mine right now. Whereas the other normal, I mean, more common way to handle that is, oh, there's an energy up. Why am I feeling this way? Oh, let me look for all the reasons in my life that would justify me feeling this way and latch onto one as being the reason why I feel this way right now. When it's very possible that energy just showed up because you're aware and you're empathic and you, you know, sucked it out of reality and we're like, oh, here's an energy. Let me play with it and make it mine. So you don't have to make all those energies yours. You're not actually helping anyone by taking that energy on and making it yours. Yeah. And when you return to center with consciousness attached, you're not like attacking someone with the thing that you picked up from them. You might be sending it back thousands of generations to wherever that started in their reality. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways to play with it, but um, definitely being willing to notice an energy and, and get curious, is this mine? Who does this belong to? Or, you know, what can I do with this energy? Can I change it? If I can, how can I change it? Again, those are questions from access consciousness. And then also Byron Katie um, has something called the work, which is another series of questions of, you know, is this true? This thought that's causing me pain or drama? Is it true? Can I know absolutely that it's true? Who am I when I believe this thought? And who would I be without this thought? And that sort of lets you take this energy of what is this thing for me? And sort of 
you know, analyze it in such a way that it separates it from being your whole true reality. Um, But to go back to the subconscious programming for just a second, all that stuff that gets locked into your subconscious or implanted there from your early years or from lifetimes, if you believe in that, that is all uh, reprogrammable. We can squeeze out the sponge of our subconscious mind and reabsorb it with new things, new thoughts and ideas. It takes repetition. It takes intention, but it's totally possible. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of work I love doing with my clients is um, what's in there. What do we want to look at and how can we sort of squeeze that sponge and put new stuff into it? Yeah, totally. So do you want to kind of get into like your business and how, I mean, it was very clear that you had to change your way of thinking. So can you bring us through that journey of, because you said you accidentally started a business. So can you bring us through that journey of like all of that process for you? Yeah, totally. So I got trained in uh, past life regression therapy. I got trained in hypnosis, hypnotherapy. And I was living with the aforementioned boyfriend at the time in a very tiny apartment. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I've got this skill set now. I'm certified. I want to try this out. I want to practice on people. But we lived in literally like a 350 square foot little shack-like apartment. So I was like, there's no way I can do it here. Plus, it was pretty much his apartment because I was, you know, not, it was his place that I was living with him in. So I was on a walk one day and down Main Street in Half Moon Bay, California. And I was thinking like, where could I possibly do this thing? I wonder, I wonder. And I see this for for lease sign as I'm walking down Main Street. And I look over and it's like a beautiful Spanish style house. And it's been broken into offices. And I notice on the sign there's like, you know, a therapist, there's a body worker, there's an acupuncturist, whatever, whatever. And there's a blank spot on the sign in spot number four. And four is my lucky number. And I was like, hmm, like, as I'm asking this question, as I'm like, what's going to happen? Like, okay, I'm just going to like go in and see what's number four all about. And I expect there to be a receptionist. There's no receptionist. So I just walk into the like lobby of the building. And I knock on door number four, and nobody answers. And my dad's like, such a rebel his voice is in my head like just try the handle so I open the door and I have this like moment of clarity as soon as I open the door to office number four I had this like knowing that some of my life's work is going to happen in this room wow and so I'm walk finished walking back to our place and call the number from the four lease sign and from that phone call from that day of noticing that thing within 11 days I spot, I signed the lease for an office. I got uh, my business registered, named my business, got a business license, business insurance, uh, website. My boyfriend was a lo- graphic designer. So I had a logo, I had business cards and I had him put the like letters on the sign for me. So within the span of 11 days, I went from maybe I should practice this thing I learned to oh crap, I'm a business owner now. And after being this like total vagabond nomad hippie for so many years, I was like, what the hell does this mean about me? Mm -hmm. And I had like a big identity crisis of like, how do I be me and also be this new kind of business owner entrepreneur that I don't know anything about yet. Mm-hmm. And it took a while to figure that out. I mean, my first time going to a networking event, I I was wearing like all black. I look like a caterer, not like a business owner. I was I was wearing like all black clothes because I was like, I don't know how to dress professional. All my clothes are like tie-dye and <laughs> have holes in them. I don't know. I was such a such a like just crazy hippie before then. I still am a crazy hippie, but in a more boss way now. Yeah. Um 
so yeah and and then there was this identity crisis of okay what does it mean to be a business owner how do i want to show up in that way and as i said once you start saying hey i can help people and sharing your work with the world your limiting beliefs are going to show up that say you know you're an imposter or you shouldn't be taking people's money for this or you don't know what you're doing and so i had to look at all of those things and um move through them to the place of uh actually i really can help people and my clients are getting amazing results and you know i'm changing dramatically as i use these same tools so i know that they work um so yeah uh within about six months after that the relationship i was in ended i decided to move back to oregon i ended up joining some business training programs and switching my niche a bunch of times i think about a year into hypnotherapy i was like you could probably tell i don't talk very slow i was like i'm tired of talking slow i'm tired of doing the induction part and i was noticing people were getting amazing results from the preamble to the hypno session from just like the questions the deep inquiry that they were having like big aha moments and transformation happening so i was like okay why don't i try coaching instead of calling it hypnotherapy and sort of broaden that a little bit mm-hmm. and i was also being encouraged to choose a niche so i was trying to like niche down who i was working with whereas with hypnotherapy i was like i can help anyone do anything and i was like okay but now i'm having a lot of sessions with people that i don't necessarily resonate with or that don't feel really exciting and enthusiastic for me So who do I want to work with? And I realized I wanted to work with more people like me, Um, people who are magical and spiritual and want to see like more consciousness spread around the world and want to help people heal. And as I changed my niche a bunch of times, I was taking all these courses and programs. I was launching my first courses and programs, and I learned how to use a lot of tools that most healers and practitioners don't use or suck at using. Right. At least at the beginning. Right. And so I started letting my friends hire me to do these things that I had figured out how to do with email marketing, with social media, with content creation and course development and using platforms to make membership sites and all of that stuff. And then that became what I did. That became how I serve people. And for a while, it was very technical and tactical. And that deeper spiritual part of me was feeling un- un- under underwhelmed un- unserved unshowcased mm-hmm. and so i had to take some time to figure out how i could bring the magic back in and now i'm very much on both sides of that coin that i help people with the strategy and the tactics and if the energy shows up of i can't or i shouldn't then we go into the energetics of what's coming what's showing up what do we need to reprogram or rearrange or address now mm-hmm. so that that limiting belief or that upper limit can be compassionately cared for and moved to the side so you can go where you're trying to go. Yeah. I love, I love your journey and I love how you communicate about it. I think what I love the most is that you're like listening to your body and your mind when it's telling you certain things. And I think that's one thing that is really cool about you, that you're very in touch with who you are and how, how do you show up in this new space and still be yourself? And so I'm wondering if you want to share a little bit more about that specifically, because I find when you go into new environments, it's really easy to either match the energy of the people around you or sort of like go back into a mold that maybe you don't actually fit into. But I'm wondering if you have anything about that as you go through change. 
That is a really good question. Yeah. And I think part of the reason that I travel as much as I do is because I do very easily adapt to the people that I'm around Mm -hmm. and I don't always want to stay, want to stay adapting to that space. Right. So for me, I, when I'm alone, when I go off back on the road again, or when I'm, you know, not surrounded by anyone, I feel like I retune to my own operating system, my own Mm -hmm. programming, um, which is for me more intentional usually than when I'm around other people and who, who knows what's going on in their lives or what they're dealing with. Um, so yeah, it, it, it takes practice. It takes practice to listen to ourselves, to hear that nudge, to trust our intuition. Um, for me, I write every single day. So I write in the morning before I get out of bed. I write at night before I turn the light off in bed. Um, those are like my set points for, um, creating my baseline for what my day is going to be about or spending time acknowledging what I did accomplish and achieve and create and who I am being today at the end of the day. It's where I do my gratitude practice. It's where I ask for what I want to create next, what I'm summoning from the universe. Um, so that's like a deep spiritual practice that I have bookending every day of my life. And, um, I'm a big fan of meditation. Also, Dr. Joe Dispenza is the greatest meditation teacher that I've ever listened to. I don't listen to his every single day. I do my own sometimes, but meditation is a huge part of opening up the space to be able to listen, to be able to hear that voice at all. That's trying to nudge us or encourage us, whether you want to call it your spirit guides or your teammates or your highest self for the universe or whatever you resonate with God, whatever you think that voice is. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easier to hear it when we clear out a little bit of the noise and to clear out the noise meditation is the top notch tool in my, in my interesting point of view. Right. Um, I know people have a lot of resistance to it and that resistance doesn't last that long if you just make it into a practice. Of course. Yeah. And when you're journaling, is there any advice you could give to somebody who's like, Oh, I like, I want to get into journaling. I just like, Oh, I can't like I get two in my head. Like, do you have advice for people who are like listening to you right now? And they're like, I want to get to a place where I'm more intuitive my with myself, but I don't know how to start. Yeah. So make just make lists. Here's what I'm grateful for. Here's what I appreciate about me today. Here's what I'm asking for, what I want to create next. And then start asking questions. What would it take for yada yada to happen? Who would I be that receives blankety blank? Start asking questions of the universe. Universe, what would it take for, you know, the quick cash to show up today? What would it take for, uh, you know, a greater depth in my romantic partnerships? You know, who am I becoming that receives like wildly and happily? Um, you can ask all kinds of questions, but, um, yeah, if I don't know what to write about, I just make lists, lists of things I'm grateful for, lists of things I'm asking for and lists of things of how I appreciate me, how I see myself. That's awesome. And I think that alone can be such a healing practice because again, it's that neural programming. Every time you write those things down, you're shifting your mind's capacity to think that way more towards that way. They, they talk about it like bushwhacking up a hill. So your mind has already got really well-worn paths that mm-hmm. it walks all the time. And to have like self-doubt or shame or something like that, you've worn those paths for years. It's easy for your mind to go to that place 
But when you start bushwhacking up a new path of like, this is my self-acknowledgement path. This is my hype person path. Mm-hmm. That every time you do that, you're bushwhacking. You're basically treading on that new path. Mm-hmm. And after a while, it becomes better worn and the other one gets overgrown and you start thinking that way more easily. So to have that practice be a daily ritual, maybe it's when you're in the tub. Maybe it's when, you know, right after your spouse goes to work or maybe it's on the bus on the way to school or whatever it is, finding a little time for yourself to create that bushwhacking practice (laughs) up that new hillside. Uh, It's worth it. Totally. And, and the one thing too, that I was thinking is like, you have to make that time. Like it's, it's not just going to appear out of nowhere. And yeah, everyone's like got a million things to do, but if you like put it in a schedule or if you're like this, I just got to make the time for it because that's kind of life where it's like, if you really want something and you want to find that is like, it's totally about just making the choice to make that time for yourself to allow time for you to get curious. And so I wanted to add that little tidbit to that as well, because it's like, everyone's busy. We all have lots of things going on, but you know, you still make time for it at the beginning and end of each of your day. So it's about like also making it a priority in your day as well as everything that you said, which is so great. So before we, before we kind of wrap things up, I wanted to get into like your traveling and your van life and how that all came into fruition for you, because I love, love traveling. I think it's like the best thing anyone could do. So I'd love to hear like what it's been like for you. And of course the van life side of it. Yeah, totally. So I've been nomadic for 15 years. I've been van lifing for five. Um, When I finished college at 22, all I knew was I wanted to travel. And so I started working a crappy job to just make as much money as I could for a couple months and then flying off to someplace and, you know, spending a couple months there. So I went to um, Costa Rica a couple times right after college and then uh, Southeast Asia, Thailand, Laos, Vietnam for like 80 days one year. And then, uh, yeah, I would just go until I ran out of money. And then I came home and worked some job till I ran out of, till I had enough, I thought to go on the next trip. And back then for me, enough money was like the $1,000 for the plane ticket and $2,000 to live for 80 days in Southeast Asia. Like I was crazy. Um, But I made it work. And then I started my business. And as my business started to grow and take off, it was like, okay, Molly, like you've been nomadic for all these years, like seven or eight years at that point. Where do you want to live? Like you can live where you want to live now. And it was like, no, you know, I don't. I don't want to pick a place. I still don't like bad weather. I still Mm want to chase the sun. And I still have people I love all over the country and all over the world. So I want to be able to go and be with them when I want to. And so I was like, okay, well, what does living on the road in an elevated way look like? And I went and test drove an RV. That wasn't quite right. And so I started looking at van life, which was not as nearly as popular back then, five years ago as it is now. Um, And, you know, I I finally was like, okay, I'm going to try getting a van because an RV felt less safe. It felt less uh, incognito. I felt like people see you in an RV. They know you're in there. They know you're sleeping in there. They know you probably have valuables in there. And so I chose a big white Sprinter van because it looks like a cargo vehicle. And it's easy to park in a grocery store parking lot, like no big deal. I can park wherever and I can hide and nobody thinks anything of it. Um, Hide in like a neighborhood if I want to. I mean, right? Yeah. not that I'm like hiding, but sometimes it feels like hiding in a neighborhood. 
So I bought a van and I uh, started traveling in it like immediately. I, I bought it an empty cargo van. I put the floor in. I put the first layer of insulation in. I really didn't have a whole lot more money to do anything with it at that moment. And so I started just traveling in it like I was camping in it. I had used to travel in the back of my Subaru. So it was already like a lot more space and awesome. And I went to Colorado and built the bed. I went to Minnesota and put the solar panels on. I went to Florida and built part of the ceiling or Asheville, North Carolina and built part of the ceiling and just built it as I went along. And it took about two and a half years to feel like, okay, this is really done now. Like finally got a fridge, put the stove in. And now I get to have an apartment with me everywhere I go and still get to travel the way I want to travel. And I get to run a business and just so you know, like including traveling full time, I mean, I run two podcasts. I published two books last year. I launched four to six programs every single year. Like I get an insane amount of things done in addition to my writing and meditation practice yes, <laughs> and yes. traveling full time. So if somebody feels like, yo, I'm busy. Yeah, it, you're busy as long as you don't make time for the things that matter to you. Yeah, it's it is possible to prioritize it. And I love van life. I don't think it's for everyone. It is a very uh, alternative way to live. Mm -hmm. I think some people go into it because they think they'll escape all their problems. But the truth is, wherever you go, there you are. So if you have a lot of mental health things that you need to address, this isn't a cure for that. It really is going to force you to look at your stuff, especially if you're out alone in the desert for weeks at a time, like your stuff is going to be there with you. So it can be a great practice in, again, like entrepreneurship, making you face some of the things you haven't been willing to face before, because now you're in this little like hot box container of just you and your mind. Um, But it is a really wild and in many ways, liberating and fulfilling way to live for people who have the neck who want to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool how you could like wake up tomorrow and go somewhere completely different and you don't have yeah. to worry about, you know, packing and all the extra things. You just get up and go, which is I so hate awesome. packing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like just having everything there with me <laughs> and ready to go. And so yeah. in your, in your travels, what would you say is some of the most profound things that you've learned from, you know, traveling and not really being in one place all the time? Like what, is like, I'm sure there's like, you could probably write, I'm, I don't know if you have, but you could probably write a full book on this as well. Um, yeah. But I'm just saying like, what is some of like the most profound deep things that you have found from, you know, being all over the place and traveling and, and experiencing different cultures, seeing different people? Yeah. I mean, the biggest one is how, how much more you can evolve as a person when you're not around the people who know you every day. Mm. That when you are going to be around new people or no people, you get to choose every day who you are and what that looks like and how you behave and how you react to things. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, say you're around your mom who says that thing and you always react that way, that that's like an old tired program that it's hard to break out of. But when you're not around that, um, not necessarily your mom, but when you're not around the people who know who you are, you can become whoever you want to be. And so your opportunity to continue choosing to create who you are is this beautiful like game you get to play. Not to say like you fake who you are around new people, but you can experiment with how you interact or you know how your personality showcases itself. And um, there's some freedom in rediscovering or discovering more of you then maybe you felt like you were allowed to be back where you come from or back where your family or your friends are. 
Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is you could probably tell by this time in our podcast, I'm pretty hooked on personal development, (laughs) personal growth evolution. Um, so that's the most profound thing for me is that I get to continue creating myself as I go along and not having other people expecting me to behave some old way that I don't resonate with anymore. Right. Yeah. I totally, I I totally understand that. Cause when I left to travel and came back, I was like, whoa, I feel like I've just been put right back into this like little box, even though I was like, I've expanded and grown so, so much. It was like a really interesting balance to realize like the people you surround yourself with is huge on who you are. And I don't know if you have anything you want to add on to that as well, just about, you know, the people that you choose to surround yourself by. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they're, they talk about that. The five closest people to you are sort of going to dictate what you're capable of becoming or creating and so choose wisely and I think that it's awkward and uncomfortable and hard to wean off of those relationships sometimes we've really convinced ourselves that they're really valuable and important even if they're not necessarily contributing to us much but I don't think we have to necessarily let people go completely or break up with people to not have them be, you know, the most prominent impact person in our life. And whether or not you have those people in your immediate surrounding, I mean, I have certain friends I talk to every single week and they're a prominent relationship in my life, even though we're never in the same place. Right. Because they're the energy I want to keep cultivating in my life. And so I make them a priority. Um, But yeah, um, be again, be gentle with yourself, be gentle with the people around you. It's not their fault that they hold that box for you when you come home. (laughs) They just know you as that. Yeah. And it's okay to have like uncomfortable conversations and say, Hey, I feel different. And you know, this one way of being with you, um, I don't want to be that person anymore. So would you be willing to continue getting curious and discovering who I am when we hang out? Yeah, totally. because I'm going to keep changing and I hope that you do too. Yeah, totally. No, I, yeah. I absolutely love that. And I've loved everything that you said, but I really feel like there's this overarching theme of like that we all have this choice in life and we get to choose to stay curious and we get to choose to, you know, take a path that maybe is not so um, typical, right? Like we get these choices in life and throughout your story, I just hear so many beautiful choices that you've made. Not to say that that's like the right choice and that everyone should live that way. It's just, it was what was right for you, which is so, so beautiful to hear. So I just wanted to acknowledge you a little bit and say like, I really believe what you've said is going to touch so many people. And I feel like by you living your most authentic self, again, like what we've talked about, it's giving others permission to be like, oh, maybe I should try this. Maybe I should do something new. So I just wanted to thank you before we kind of start to wrap things up. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for pulling that thread of the theme. I definitely feel acknowledged by that and glad that that's the message that I'm bringing forth. Absolutely. Okay. So I end every podcast with four questions to kind of wrap it up. So I'm going to ask you them. And if you need some time to think about it, that's okay. You can kind of ponder and then we will answer them. So the first one is what is some of the best advice you've received? That's a great question. I want it to be the best. The one thing that's coming to mind is a quote that I quote pretty often. I think it's William Stafford who said, all an idea has to do to be worthy of my attention is occur to me. I don't know if that's the best advice ever, but that is a really great piece of advice for anyone who's looking at a project or a creation or a new uh, thing that they want to embark on. 
um, just the fact that it's showing up in your mind, it means that it's worthy of your attention and worthy of you getting curious with it. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Okay. The next one is what would you call this chapter of your life that you're in right now? That is such a crazy question. I feel like the cosmos are doing wild things right now. I don't know if you follow astrology at all, but like Pluto's changing signs and Saturn's changing signs. And I feel like a completely different person every day that I wake up. So what would this phase of my life be called? Um, I mean, an adventure would be the simple, right? Simple one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm shifting and changing into a totally new version of myself right now. And I don't know what that's going to change about my business or what that's going to change about my van life or my lifestyle in general. Um, so to, to be determined would be this phase be of my life. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. Great. Yeah. Okay. Now this one is my favorite. So if you could tell your younger self one piece of advice from when you, from when you were younger, what would that be? And if you can't really think of it in that way, maybe what is a piece of advice you would tell the younger generation? Yeah, I think that what we said earlier, be gentle with yourself. You're going to get where you're meant to be. Yeah, beautiful. Awesome. Okay, the last one, I like to end the interview on a state of gratitude. So what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for you for hosting this beautiful podcast, for having me on your show. I'm grateful for me for um, showing up on time and (laughs) um, for, yeah, following this path of curiosity and magic. I'm grateful for all the listeners out there who are showing up to get inspired, to get turned on and lit up by podcasts like these and doing such great work in the world, whatever it is that you're navigating right now. I'm grateful for my family who I've just got to visit in Austin and I'm leaving them tomorrow. And I'm grateful for my sweet dog for being so quiet when I want a podcast. Yeah, not like mine today. (laughs) Awesome. That's awesome. And how can people get a hold of you and learn more about you and hear more about you? Yeah, wildheartsriseup.com. That's hearts has an S, it's plural. Wildheartsriseup.com is my website. There's all kinds of stuff on there. I have two podcasts. If you are listening to a podcast right now, which you are, you can go look up Tactical Magic Podcast or Reveal the Game of Life Podcast. And yeah, I'm all over the internet. wild underscore one underscore rising on Instagram. Um, but all of that is on wildheartsriseup.com on my website. Yeah, and I'm also going to add it all to the episode notes so you can just click and have access to her right away. I definitely recommend going following her because her journey is truly so amazing to watch. And I just, I've loved being a follower of yours and like watching, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so fun for you. Like just seeing different things that you're doing. And so thank you again for being so vulnerable and opening up and also pouring so much wisdom onto today's show as I know it's going to help so many people. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me.